You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the On Enquirer podcast. We have some breaking Illinois football news. This broke about three hours ago, but we have to uh, we delay this a little bit because Illinois basketball. So Joey Wagner is joining me live from Minneapolis, I, I believe outside the uh, hotel bar. Is that where you're at, Joey, joining me? Here? That is exactly where we're at. Um, fingers crossed some of these skywalks in the cold Minneapolis air are open. And more importantly, fingers crossed a couple bars are open. Uh, <laughs> Have a good time. But yeah, first, first of all, Jeremy, kudos for breaking this. Um, you, you got this. You had this scoop. And it's a big scoop, man. And, and so congrats on – I say congrats, but it is a big deal. So good for you for getting that, man. Yeah, I don't like covering this stuff. Um, but, you know, once you get the news, you got to go to work to it. And uh, obviously – Brett Bielma, I mean, that's the bigger news here is, is he is making a huge move one year into his tenure. His first hire was Tony Peterson. And, and to be honest, like when we came on the podcast and talked about the Tony Peterson hire – it wasn't the most impressive, right? It was kind of like, oh, okay. Because you knew the offensive coordinator is the most important hire for Brett Bielema because he's so strong with his defensive background. He's so connected there. And he felt like the offensive coordinator would get a lot of freedom to kind of basically be the head coach of this offense. We give Tony a shot, and, and I like talking with Tony. I wish him well here. But he just didn't produce. 116th in the country in scoring offense. They took a step backward this year in scoring offense, rushing offense, and certainly the passing attack was just absolutely atrocious. Uh, They couldn't throw the ball uh, against most Big Ten teams, not named Northwestern, right? So um, not a huge surprise that Tony Peterson would be in trouble. But, Joey, just what was your initial reaction when you learned that Brett Bielman was actually doing this? Because we speculated it. We talked about it. I had doubts because he was on the first year of a three-year contract, but he made the move. What's your reaction to the Bielma doing that? I think if you were just to drive by the national standings and the stats and you saw that, you'd be like, well, duh, right? Like the, the numbers just, they weren't there. But I, I'm really, I don't want to say I'm really surprised. It's kind of probably a little far, but I am surprised because there's a lot that goes into this. I, I think with your Brett Bielma, what he wanted to do was come in here and build consistency, build stability, build a, you know, consistently produce. And I, I'm not saying that's off the table, but he knew by doing this, he was going to really shake some ground beneath him, right? I mean, this is a really big move. And to do that after year one, we learn a little bit more basically what we already knew from Brett, that this dude's not here to lose football games. He doesn't like doing it. But I just – this was a lot, right? It's a financial commitment because you're, there's buyouts, contracts exist for a reason. You're going to have to buy him out. You're going to have to admit you made a mistake. Your, your first hire was a mistake. And I mean, by firing, I don't know if you could really say it any other way. And yeah, he's and with you, that, right? Like he, he is owning that his first hire was, was a mistake, but he's not letting, he's not doubling down on it. Right. Like, and you think about that with, with Lovey Smith, right? Like doubling down. Uh, I know he fired Garrick McGee, but doubling down on himself with his defense and sticking with that system. Brett's saying, no, I, I need to change. Something needs to change here. Uh, just like, you know, Brad Underwood did a little bit with his defense and offense. So I need to change something to make this better. Brett seeing that one year in and saying, I, I can't let this fester. I have to, if I think I have to make the move now, 
I have to make the move now. Yeah. I just, again, I think you and I all season, Jeremy, like we had heard people speculate like, Oh, Tony Peterson's got to go. And I just think it was really hard to envision, right? It was just really hard to think like, I understood where the basis of the argument was made. And I think that's, it's fair. And obviously it's come to fruition, but I just think big picture, it was kind of hard to, to just think that was going to happen because a, the, the finances and all that, but Tony didn't really have his guys. I'm not trying to make an excuse for Tony because I, I think much. the numbers. <laughs> he didn't inherit huh? much. He didn't inherit no. quarterback situation, wide receiver situation, you know, offensive line long-term wasn't a great situation, but they should have been better than what they were. So that's where you can't, yes. even, you can't even argue like, Oh, Tony Peterson, uh, just give him one more year. He's definitely going to do well. No. I mean, the offense to me is the, the biggest question going into next year, despite the defense losing some really important players. So, I mean, the offense is the reason Illinois didn't play in a bowl game, right? Like that, they are obviously given, and it's got to be hard being Tony Peterson with Ryan Walters doing what he did this year with his defensive staff, right? You got to give credit to Andy Boo uh, and Kevin Kane and all of them, but you, you juxtapose like what they could do, what a star defensive coordinator and Bielma and all of them can do in one year with the same talent and turn them around like it just all of a sudden it makes you go, well, why can't the offense do that? Like, why can't they do that? And that's what Brett Beaman was saying is we can do that even with maybe some limited talent at certain positions. Like we see what the defense did. The offense held us back. They should have won Purdue. They only scored nine points, right? They should have beat Maryland. They couldn't hang on to the ball at the end of the game. They couldn't make the plays to prolong the game and, and finish the drive or to score uh, getting into the 20s. And getting into the 20s is that difficult? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And, and there was no consistency, right? I, I mean, I don't mean just game-to-game consistency, which is like the hot – like it's the easy thing to look at and be like, well, one game they scored X and the next game they scored Y. It's drive-to-drive. Jeremy, we, we sat and watched every single game, and we didn't know what we were going to see from the Illinois offense from one drive to the next and that is not particularly acceptable and and we've seen that come out so i again tony needs to wear some blame for this but we i I think it's important to say that like as you mentioned he didn't have a lot and i know people aren't going to want to hear that and say like yeah oh well but but it's the truth right we're expecting like none of us are expecting a defense to take that big of a leap but none of us were expecting like top 40 offense in the country right but 80th Right. Like you're capable of that. You're capable of averaging 25 points a game, not 20. Right. Like they were capable of something like that. And, and you couldn't even meet that low bar. Like, so I did think like, okay, offense coordinator comes in, probably going to get a couple of years to show what he can do. But this year was so bad and it was so glaring compared to the defensive improvement. Uh, and certainly there are things behind the scenes, Joey, that uh, Bioma was not a fan of, uh, or the, the, you know, the entire operation wasn't working, uh, well enough. And, and he gave you a quote in your one-on-one that, that made me open my eyes be like, Oh, maybe he could do this. Yeah. And, and so in the moment, just to peel back the curtain a little bit here in the moment, I'm like, okay. Right. Like, cause it started out with kind of a run of the mill coach quote, right. Coach speak. And, you know, we got to do better, whatever. But then I, I, I kind of followed up a little bit. He ended up at, and the whole quotes in your story online, but at the end, he said, you know, for that reason, the offense has to learn to be proactive in what they do well. And anytime they say, well, the defense likes to do this, we're going to do that. That's the wrong way to think. Those words right there are very highlighted for me. And then the offense has to be the aggressor. 
So clearly, in my mind, and we've not talked to Brett yet, I would assume that'll happen sometime over the course of this week or early next week. I don't feel like from him saying that, now obviously this decision to move on from Tony, I don't feel like he thinks his offense was the aggressor in situations. Yeah. And he didn't say defense is easy, right? You clean up this, you get this, and it's, and it's easy to fix. But to say the offense has to be the aggressor, aggressor that's it's pretty telling, right? Oh, and, and his, and his like – you know, obviously paraphrase quote, well, the defense likes to do this. We're going to do that. Like that, that's a life experience. That, that isn't something he just created out of thin air that had to happen this year. And another side, I think when you and I, during the season thought, Oh, that's not good for Tony is when Brett Bielma talked about all of a sudden, like he's telling the offensive staff who needs to get how many targets, like that's really hands-on. Like that's really from a defensive coach. Yeah, for, well, and from the head coach, like usually right. ordinary kind of do things. But, and, you know, if you're an offensive head coach, you, you probably maybe have that. But, like, as to your point earlier, so I didn't mean to cut you off, your point earlier, like we thought the offensive coordinator was going to come in and be the head coach of the offense, and suddenly you've got someone coming in and saying, well, uh, hold on now, like this right. is what I want to see touch-wise is a move. I never heard that from Lovey about Rod, right? Like Fair. Rod, yeah. had, Rod had control of that. And uh, for better or worse, and, you know, Rod – brought a really good rushing offense. He struggled with the passing as well. Obviously it didn't work out well at the end, but um, it, it just, that opened my eyes like that. He said that publicly to us and said, Oh, he's, he's not very happy. And he shouldn't have been right. They were two and five, I believe at that point or something like that. And, and he never really said much uh, positive about the offense, even towards the end of the season. So um, I, I guess we could see it come, but still a little bit of shock. We will talk. Um, about who the top candidate is here in, in a second. And, and it's the same name I've been hearing, Joey. But um, the questions now are, is, is what does Bielema look for, right? And, and we'll talk about the candidate here in a second. But from everything I've heard is, yes, the aggressiveness Brett wants to be. But I think Brett liked Tony Peterson in the first place because Tony had a good run in the Big Ten at Minnesota. Brett had a certain identity in the Big Ten that really works. I don't think he's going to go away from his core principles of running the football, controlling the clock, um, being physical, right? That's his tough, smart, dependable thing. But I do think he made this kind of change at Arkansas, going to Dan Enos uh, in 2014. Dan had a little bit more, I hate to say modern, but yeah, you know, aggressive, up-tempo uh, kind of things. And obviously didn't work out at the end of the day at, at Arkansas, but they made bowl games with Dan Enos as the offensive coordinator. Uh, I thought Dan Enos could have been the higher here uh, last year. He's kind of the number one guy on my board, but I don't know if they think they can out Iowa, Iowa, or out Wisconsin, Wisconsin, at least right away. They have to be probably a little bit different. Not that they're going to go away from using the tight end a lot, having star running backs, being built behind a, a great offensive line. But I, I think that quarterback could look a little different, and that, that'll be interesting to see where they go here. It will be. I, I do want to make one more quick point because we, we talked about what Brett said during the season. I think it's important to point out, and, and we've not talked to Tony um, since before Northwestern, if I'm not mistaken. I, I guess you talked to him, Jeremy, sorry, at signing day. But I do wonder – how much stable footing he felt because and I know you and I had discussed this and a lot of it was maybe injury related when we asked these questions, but there was a lot of times Tony deferred yeah. and he said, you'll have to ask Brett, you'll have to ask Brett, or I have to ask the head coach. And, and I just wonder now knowing what we know, if he felt 
comfortable in that role. And maybe like these two have known each other for a long time. I know I'm not answering the topic we had at hand, but like these two have known each other for a long time and they've gotten along obviously. Right. Because this happened in the first place, but I'm just wondering if it got together and it was just like, eh, this isn't really it. And obviously that came to be, but I, we, we've talked a lot about why Brett's done this, but I do wonder if Tony just maybe didn't feel like he had the voice that yeah. he wanted. I'm speculating. I don't know this. But just in the way that he answered, I just felt like anything we needed to get offensively was pretty much pushed to, well, that'll we talk in five minutes. And, yeah. and that was well, the thing. And was, and I, there, was always a, there was always a way of Ryan Walters that came across so confident and in the pressers, right? Exactly and, right. Yeah. Um, and that Tony always felt like, yeah, a little uncomfortable in that role. And I, I don't know if that's play calling or anything like that, but yeah, it's, this was a big break for him to get another Big Ten opportunity. He hadn't been in the Power Five since 2006, and it didn't work out for him. Um, but I do think we're seeing that Brett is pretty cutthroat, right? Like, I mean, this is, this is a good friend of his, and I think they all understand it's a business. But, um, man, like he, he's making this move now, Joey, and, and saying this is not good enough, and, and, and it wasn't. Uh, so is there anything else you want to add before we get to the, the top candidate? I just wonder how long it's festered with him. Um, because I, yeah, because I think the timing yeah. is, is not accidental in the sense of, I don't think he'd like, I don't think he cares for a gap between this breaking and the announcement for the next guy. Like, and I, I think the timeline probably coincides a little bit with that. Um, but, but yeah, I just wonder. It's going to be a very quick process. I, I just wonder when it was like, man, I, this isn't it. Um, he clearly, he clearly has been thinking about this for a while. Um, the timing that deals with transfer quarterbacks with signing day, not that's even. A, yeah, that's interesting. He clearly, um, and we'll talk about the candidate here in a second, like he clearly has been doing background work, right? Like th- this, is, this has been set up to where, you know, from what I understand, this Tony Peterson fired in the last day or two, and it sounds like a candidate could be hired in the next day or two. So he got his ducks in a row, right? And, yeah. and maybe he just goes, let's see if I can get somebody better than Tony Peterson, which is tough to do. You have to have uh, the trust of a lot of people. Uh, you got to know, man. You can't turn back from that. You got to know. You have to absolutely know what you're getting next. And, and I do want to make one more point, Jeremy. I'm sorry. It, this is – we've known Josh Whitman was pushed in on, on his teams, right? Like he is going to – He's going to back these things for as far as he can push this. This is a big backing from Josh Whitman. And I know in the big scheme, like when you're talking college athletics, a million bucks is like, oh, that'll be a nice team center in the big building that costs 80 million bucks. But like, that's a lot of money. And we're just speculating. This is going to be a seven figure deal to between the buyout and moving on. Like that's just the cost of doing business here. So Tony Peterson made seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on a three-year contract, right? Uh, and now the next guy is going to make close to that, right? Yeah, and you got to buy Tony out. You got to buy him out for two years. And this is on top, by the way, Jeremy. Of two months ago, Brett goes to Josh and says, "We got this star defensive coordinator." And listen, I know we have this deal, but we're probably going to need to bump it up because things are going to get moving and shaking here. So I, I just think we need to acknowledge Josh is putting those chips in the middle here and saying, "All right." 
one, you're my guy, and two, we're going to back this thing until uh, until we can't back it. And, and the hope, obviously, for Illinois is you back it forever because that's what you believe. But Josh is going in. And this is really important, and it's why anytime I, I say, like I tweeted out that about the Barbara Wilson quote, right? Ripping Illinois. And it was, it was ruthless, but it was true. So, so good for you, Babs, uh, about Illinois not <laughs> games very often. Um, it hurt, but I said, Hey, at least she ended up with Josh Whitman. I know it was late. I know Josh Whitman has had very little football success. His first hire failed, only got to one bowl game. Brett Bielma hasn't gotten to a bowl game yet going into year two. I get it. But the way he operates has just changed the way you have to think about Illinois athletics. Going and stealing Brad Underwood, it's just a thing that doesn't happen here. Spending a million and a half on a basketball staff when he originally did that is something we haven't seen. And now he's two million, right? Basically almost for a staff. It's a million and a half. It's one of the top in, in Big Ten basketball. And look what it's done for Illinois basketball. And now a football, you have a five, six million dollar staff, right? Which is very, very competitive in the Big Ten. And you're willing to invest and keep Ryan Walters from somebody coming like this wouldn't have happened under previous administrations. And, and he is, is pushing it forward and saying, Hey, we have to elevate ourselves. We have to spend, if we want to be a great program, we have to spend like a, a, a great program and put in resources and, and elevate um, what we think. And obviously he signed off on this, right? Like he has to sign off on this. So he thinks it needs to be addressed too, if they're going to have success. And not only did he sign off, he probably had to pitch it up the ladder a little bit to get it signed off on, uh, right? I, I mean, these things don't just happen in a vacuum. So I just think that's – you see – look, we knew Illinois football meant a lot to Josh Whitman. I mean, for the love of God, he played there, right? Like, if it didn't mean anything to him, you got to wonder, like, oh, what the heck's going on here, dude? But, like, you're just seeing that really mixed with the trust he has in Brett. It, it's very clear to me – that in Josh's mind, Brett is the guy to turn this page. And I, I, I think he get, Josh would get a lot of credit for saying, you know what, Brett, we're not going to make you ruin this tire that you just don't feel like worked out. And can you try to figure it out? Do you think after two years? Like, no, man, he bought into what his guy said and, and he went in. And, and I think Brett should get some credit too. And it feels weird saying get credit for, for putting a guy out of his line of work. But you, you know what I mean? Like for Brett to go up, look, dude, you have to have an ego in this field to do this and to go up and say, Hey, didn't work. It just didn't work. That, that takes a lot. So that, and I think to capture back to the beginning, Jeremy, that's what makes it a little surprising is that like all of this really did happen. And it's, I, I just think it goes beyond stats and to understand like the surprise of which it all coming together. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Joe, let's talk about the, the top candidate. And I started hearing about this about a day ago, and I, I reached out to you and said, but then I started thinking of candidates. And the guy that immediately came to mind for me, no, not Nathan Schuhaus, a lot of fans, though, uh, from my understanding, like Brett talked with Nathan Schuhaus last year uh, for his staff. And, you know, Nate has got such a good thing under Matt Campbell. I, I know they didn't live up to the top 10 hype this year, but he's a star and Nate's rising there. And it, it just wasn't right for an offensive coordinator. Now, could he have some title like Kevin Kane has? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think you got to go with a proven, uh, known guy as a play caller. And the guy who makes so much sense, given his ties to Brett Bielema and given his success, is, is Barry Loney Jr. Uh, at UTSA. And we got to see that offense up close to Frank Harris and Sear McCormick and boy, Zachary Franklin. Uh, but uh, I know that, that he's the top target. Football Scoop has now reported it. He's the top target. Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports, confirmed that. And, and it sounds like this could be a done deal very soon. But Barry Loney was a high school coach in Arkansas, really successful one. Uh, Bielmo, when he was at Arkansas after his first year, hired him as a tight ends coach, eventually became the interim coach after Chad Morris got fired. Um, two years after Brett Bielma got fired and then he moves on to Jeff trailer UTSA and he's just improved that offense year to year. He took over an offense that averaged 19 points a game, got that up to what 28 30. And then this past year, they were the number 11 scoring offense, uh, in the country. So, uh, this is a pretty big name hire, uh, in the football world. If you're able to get Barry Lunny and obviously somebody who Brett Bielma has a lot of, uh, has a long relationship with. Yeah. And I, just going through back again the notes that we took before the UTSA game, uh, Brett was very effusive in his praise for Barry Lunny. Uh, and, and I'm reading, hey, quote, repre represents everything great about our profession. Uh, Barry Lunny was a successful high school coach in Arkansas. His dad, or I'm sorry, make sure I have that right. Yeah, Barry is an incredible, accomplished person. He was the offensive coordinator in high school at Arkansas. Barry's dad is a legendary coach and that's who represents everything great. I mean, Brett said, I interviewed very quickly, realized he was somebody I wanted to have in my program. Pretty important, right? I, I mean, those feelings do not change. I don't care how many years change. Those feelings don't. Uh, I had only honest, a tight end. Go ahead. To be honest with you, I thought he was a better candidate than Tony Peterson last year. And then he, then he goes out and does what he does this year. I mean, Sincere McCormick was one of the best backs in the country. Scarry Franklin could be an NFL draft pick. Um, and Frank Harris had a really good season as well. And, uh, man, they meet me. They, they had a great thing going there. It is a different offense, right? It, there's more uh, there's more option involved. It's more spread, uh, though it certainly has a physical running attack component to it. So it would be a departure, and it would bring a lot of questions. But um, if you're an Illinois fan, you don't know much about Barry Loney Jr., like I, I think this hire would be met with a lot of praise uh, outside. To me, Loney last year, would have been a more exciting hire than Tony Peterson. That's last year. I think this year uh, makes even more sense given the success they had. Yeah, turn on UTSA. Turn on UTSA. Any game, if you're an Illinois fan, you obviously saw the game in a different light. Um, 
very successful. And, and I think he's a guy, I think it's also telling he was the interim when Brett was let go. I mean, he doesn't just walk into a locker room and blend in. He, he stands out. Well, it was when Chad, you, Chad Morris got looking. Sorry, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. But you have to stand out, right? And, and the fact that, and, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, interim coach, whatever. That means something. It, it does. And the fact that Arkansas, for whatever number of games, is like, this is our guy. I just think it tells you, like, he, he has that ability to kind of command things. And and that matters. So, I, yeah, this, this would be met with positive reception, I, I would think. And, and I'm with you. I, I know we had talked last year and Brett was putting this together. And it was like, okay, what's this going to look like? Barry Lunny would make sense. And he just increased his stock. I, I think, I mean. Get that money up, right? Yeah. I, so, it, but again, it's there's a lot that goes in into it in terms of just what it all means. But on the surface, man, it's a pretty good one, I, yeah. I would think. And, and he's developed some dudes. Yeah, not not a done deal uh, from what I've heard, but uh, I'd say it's in the red zone. Uh, is, is what you would say this one. And obviously his name's out there and this could be done in the next day or two. And if it is, I, I would be pretty impressed with this hire. Um, offensively, you do have questions then, Joey, about like who could he bring in as a transfer that could help? What happens with quarterback, right? And, and Tommy DeVito is supposed to come here, but if, you know, you got an offense coordinator wants a different guy, that might be different. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to those questions right now. It would all be something – we have to talk about with Brett Bielema, uh, but the, the program hasn't announced DeVito yet because they're waiting until all these guys enroll. So there's still time for that to happen. But this is, this is weird, right? I mean, with, with guys who bought in, like I think most of these players uh, kind of fit into this offense of what he wants to do, the receivers, the running backs. I think the receivers should be very happy. Like Isaiah, Isaiah Williams should be very happy. I also think they, especially if you look at the class of 22, I mean, because in our mind we go there. A lot of those guys committed to their position coaches, yeah. right? I mean, you look at the offensive line and Brett and Brett. Uh, and that's not to say, like, they were hesitant, like, oh, Tony, oh, geez, I don't No, I, I just think they built the way that this recruiting was structured, uh, built around your individual. Now I have questions with what's going through Donovan Leary's mind, yeah. what's going through Tommy DeVito's mind, and, and that's to, to bring it back. But I think everything else, you look and you're like – Chase Brown should be happy. You think? I mean – Look what he did with Sincere McCormick, right? Like, what's Brian Hightower think? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. That's a great. I mean, I, I'm writing my receiver pick, like future picture, right? That I've been breaking all these positions down, and like I still think Brian Hightower is one of the most talented guys in the room, but Tony and his staff like didn't didn't want him in there. So, um, yeah, I think for a lot of these guys, probably a jolt, right? Uh, and probably a jolt that we got to be better too. And we have to acknowledge, like. It's not ideal to be a college player in four or five years and have to deal with a coordinator change, you know, this quickly either. Like that, that I don't think it's going to be like the end of the world, but like we've talked to enough, especially during the Lovey tenure and the transition between Beckman Cubit experience well, think, and Lovey. Think of a third year player now. This will be the third offense coordinator. And that's a lot. Like we just have to look back and be like, yeah, really, that's, that's a lot you've got to deal with. Now, I don't think fundamentally, like, I still think there's going to be a lot of the same philosophies. Like, I don't think you're going to change a lot of, like, well, look out. They're going to be a dual-threat quarterback team. Like, that, that's not going to be the case. And But I, I do think that you have to look at it and be like, man, that's – Reggie Love is a third player, that, I, that a third-year player that comes to mind. Like, oh, shoot, things are changing, right? So we, we have to admire – you know, just at least look at that. But 
I think probably by and large, just looking at resumes, this is going to end in a positive or go in a positive direction. I won't say end in a positive way, but at least our read would be like, yes, this could end up being a positive. Yeah. And uh, just to give you a little more background on Barry Lunny as a recruiter at Arkansas, really good. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's, there's, there's five and four star, like there's one five-star prospect. You got a couple four stars all from Arkansas. So I don't know if he can recruit like that from Arkansas. But I do think he's a recruiting upgrade too, if they're able to land Lunny, because you know, Tony Peterson, not the most outgoing, an older guy. I think he was the oldest guy in the staff. Um, so you had Barry Lunny, who's younger. Um, obviously, he's been a high school coach here very, very recently. Um, I think he brings a, a jolt to the recruiting trail as well. Now, he's not going to get all these kids from Arkansas that wanted to play for the Razorbacks all their life. But uh, even at UTSA, obviously, they've gotten some good talent there. So uh, I do think he adds potentially a nice jolt in recruiting now, but I, I think the biggest question is what do you want in a quarterback? I mean, Frank Harris was definitely a dual threat guy. So is there going to be another change to quarterback back all that way? Or is it going to be something in the middle? I'm not sure. I think it has to be in the middle. Otherwise look, Brett's done this a long time, Jeremy. And I think Brett knows, uh, you know, look, I'm rewatching the office and I just watched dinner party and snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. I, I think Brett, Brett knows well enough that like, that's a lot for to ask of, a, of an offensive system because you're not just asking it of the quarterback, you're asking it of the receivers to you know. Here's how you block in the in the offensive line. Like, so I think it's got to be in the middle. And to your point earlier, I, I would I, I would interject. Yeah, what quarterback are, are you worried about that with? Right, like Donovan Leary would be number one, but like Art Sikowski's got what two more years, uh, so he's kind of your guy. Like Devito would only be one year, like. There's not like one guy where it's like, hey, Isaiah Williams is definitely your quarterback. Like we're changing schemes on him this many times. You know, Lunny's probably gonna bring in the guy this year, next year, maybe this year, but next year certainly that's it's probably gonna be his guy. So like we think about that, but it's I don't think it's a big change for those other positions. I think for quarterback, though, it's certainly gonna be a change. I do. I just so I guess my saying that I wonder like what how how quickly does it change, if if at all. Because to your point, you know, they're not going to right now today aren't going to out. And we saw it. They're not going to out Iowa, Iowa. They're not going to out Wisconsin, Wisconsin. So do they find the balance like between those programs and Purdue or Nebraska and say, like, we would like to incorporate a lot of these things. And does that include a quarterback philosophical change? And I, I, my holdup, Jeremy, is like this isn't like this was Tony's quarterback philosophy. Brett's got a pretty long history of this being what he believes in so he would either have to full underwood and abandon ship right or he would have to say hey barry this is what i believe in where do we land in the middle because i I think about illinois offense right i don't know what the heck that was last year (laughs) well i think they wanted to run the ball but i don't i don't know beyond that and and i think you and i have talked about i think we probably even asked tony like what is your identity who, who, who are you? <laughs> like, and I don't like need to crack a joke, but like, I didn't know beyond our most success is turning around and handing it to Chase or Josh. Let me mention this. Like somebody brought this up with me talking about Illinois after the season, Brandon Peters until the final four games had his worst season, right? Going until, the, going until, until the final four games, um, the offensive line had moments especially in the run game, I thought they underachieved. 
right? Compared to what I thought they could be. Yeah. Uh, I thought Isaiah Williams was, was a great positive, but I thought he could have been even better. Like, get him the ball more. Um, the Brian Hightower, Jafar Armstrong mystery. I, I don't know what that was last year. As many times as we asked Joey, like, we never got great answers. Then Brian Hightower decides to, to redshirt. And we should say Jafar wasn't a holdover. No, they got that dude in uh, Art Sikowski. Like I thought he played better at Rutgers the year before than, than he played for Illinois. Now maybe the injury had something to do with that. Uh, and then the tight ends, man, like Daniel Barker, like, you know how high I was on him coming into the season. <laughs> I thought that guy should have 40 catches. I, I, I don't know why he didn't get the ball more, why he didn't play more. And, and then Luke Ford is, is the forever. Like, yeah, I think Luke needs to clean some things up. Got to get that guy more involved too. Like I, I just, that's why Brett Bielma went in there and say, Hey, these guys got to get targets. Like and Isaiah Williams got more targets towards the end of the year and it worked out well. Yeah. Luke, Ford, you're right. Luke Ford is kind of the forever, like, but Daniel he, is a bigger issue for me. Yeah. And, uh, but let's be, let's also say, and I know I feel like I've done a lot of like defending of Tony Peterson. I, and I hope I don't sound like I'm trying to ignore the flaws, but like, trying to be fair, that's what we try to do. Here. Yeah. And I did like how they got Daniel involved later in the year. I liked some of the handoffs. I liked some of the screens. I thought that was creative. Where did that come from? Was that something Tony drew up? Was that something that – I mean, we don't know. We never asked because I don't think we ever thought we had to be like, who drew this play up, by the way? I'm just wondering. You know, like that's just not something you think of. But I do think like there was some evolution. And now, once this happened, I'm wondering, was that an internal? Like Tony was like, hey, I need to go this way? Or was it – your head coach is knocking on the door of the offensive meeting room saying, let me just tell you what I, what is going to be happening. So like, that's, that's just what I don't know, but I, it's, it's hard to look at this offense a little bit. I mean, the overarching thing is like pretty, pretty significantly underperformed, but like there was a small change at the end and there was like a turn and who orchestrated that? Like Tony called the plays, but what orchestrated some of, I don't even want to call them philosophical changes. I don't think we saw anything of those, but like we did see more creativity and we did see more targets to the guys that objectively deserve more targets. So like who's behind that? Yeah. And that's what I want to know. I think we also saw a little bit more aggression, fourth downs, all those kind of things that we didn't see early in the season, downfield shots. Like take your shots, man. <laughs> I know you're not good at them, but at some point you got to keep going to it. And, and, and they finally hit some uh, late in the season. All right, Joe, anything else you want to add? Like, of course, if, if Lenny becomes official, uh, we'll do some, our guy, JJ Perez uh, at 24 seven, that UTSA site does a great job. So we'll get his insight, uh, but just, just a huge change uh, year one. And uh, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it says Brett Bielma is, is not going to be patient here. He has got a lot of urgency and I love seeing that because you think a year two with Lovey Smith, right? You go three and nine, and then you followed up two and ten, and it just felt like you could never gain any kind of traction. Yeah, five and seven is relatively okay for Illinois recently, but it's not as good as it should have been. Like they 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 missed an opportunity with all those super seniors to go to a bowl game to potentially win seven or eight games. And, and you think about the talk we have about Illinois being the surprise of the big 10, right. Outside of Michigan state and, you know, Michigan, obviously, but the surprise of the big 10 West for sure. Instead, that was Purdue. Um, and, and you're sitting there and five and seven, not making a bowl game. Sure. You're not in last place, but you're still close to it. So I, I think they missed an opportunity and it was because of the offense and, and Brett said, that's not good enough. 
Yeah, a quick point. Like, I think Josh wants to win. Josh Whitman, obviously. We know Josh. But the fact that this is a lot of, like, driven within Brett tells me so much about Brett Bielema. Like, I don't think Josh, like, knocked on the doors, like, you better win next year. I'll tell you what, buddy. Do you think this coach cares about winning here? (laughs) Um, One thing I said about Lovey, and there's a credit to him, is no matter what he did at Illinois, it would be the, it would not be the first line of his obituary. It right? wouldn't have been the third. Probably not, right? Because um, he, what, did he win a Super Bowl with the Rams? Or he was really good there. Um, but there's the Bears. It's, it's the Bears run. Being the first you know, African-American head coach to make a, a Super Bowl along with Tony Dungy, his longtime mentor. Like, that's a credit to Lovey, but also meant like, hey, if this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, P.J. Fleck, this is his biggest opportunity at Minnesota. Brett Bielema, this uh, Wisconsin will always be the first thing for him. But if he gets this thing right and he wins here for him after the Arkansas failure, after Wisconsin continued to be good without him, after taking over for the legend at Wisconsin, this is his potential biggest thing. And he's acting like it, right? Like he's acting like this is my last big shot at, at this thing. And if I get this thing right, um, man, like I, I could be the person at Illinois. Like he could never be uh, at Wisconsin. Yeah, armchair speculation, just because we've talked to Brett a lot about it. Brett, to his credit, goes very deep insight into himself with us. So I, I feel like I'm a little more comfortable in like trying to pick apart maybe what he means. But he said several times, like Illinois is getting the best version of me. And, and it feels weird saying best version when you just cut a guy loose from employment. But like, I think, there's so much of that Arkansas failure. I think I'm just speculating that really just eats at him and like no way in hell does Brett Bielema want to follow that up with struggling to find it at Illinois. And I don't think that's like the sole driver, but I do think the best version of himself means learning from his mistakes and understanding when is the time to gas and when is the time to let off and let things progress naturally. And in the sense of offensive coordinator, it feels like the time to gas. And I think that is maybe just a culmination of what he's learned over 30 or 13 years as a head coach. It's a culmination of what he's learned from things that didn't go well. I just think you put all of that together and the best version of Brett is knowing when those buttons have to be pressed. Will they work? Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. As Tom Fornelli says, like the hire, don't know. Don't know if it'll like, work out. <laughs> don't know if it'll work out. But the fact that he feels like this is the time to gas it and to make a move, that tells me a lot about where he's been. So that that really sticks with me that he did it. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. I can't sit, I, I just can't get away from like Brett did it. He did it. Well said, Joey. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if he can lock down his hire in the next couple of days. Well, Joey Wagner, go have a beer on me, man, in Minneapolis. Have a safe trip back, man. All right, man. Later. There you go. Huge news out of Illinois football. You know, you think the coaching carousel stops spinning once you hit the new year, and and that certainly is not the case. And Brett Bielma making a huge change to his staff. We'll have more about it at Illini Inquirer. We'll see what the next few days uh, have to hold for his pursuit of an offensive coordinator, obviously Barry Lunny. Uh, you know, for me, from from Football Scoop, uh, from Chris Homer, 24-7 Sports, clearly is the top candidate. We'll see if uh, Illinois can lock him down in the next couple of days. 
but we will have more about it at IlliniInquire.com. As always, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate that. It helps us out. Um, and also, follow us on YouTube. Um, we got uh, a lot of video up there. We put the video of the podcast up there, at least the interview portions of these things. Uh, put all our interviews up there. And thinking about expanding some things that we could do on the podcast uh, or the YouTube page up there as well. And uh, for VIP members, I always put the the film room breakdowns uh, on the site so you can check those out on the site as i put them up regardless give us a little what do they say smash that subscribe button on youtube uh do that it helps us out and uh, you can get all your alana video content there as well thank you for listening to the alana choir podcast until next time everybody take care of each other have a great day and we'll talk to you next time on the alana choir podcast